the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. day it feels like it's been this week has been you know three weeks long already yeah glad to have you guys here with me tonight on tonight's andrea k show we're still going to talk about it but we've got some little bit different type of analysis for you guys tonight because joining us to give some post-debate about analysis is actually somebody who wrote all the debate questions or was on a team of people who wrote all the debate questions for a certain network that was involved last night in uh, 2016. And actually, our guest wrote some of the most explosive questions that were presented to President Trump. And she's going to be here at the bottom half of the hour as uh, breaking news today comes out that the commission feels that maybe they might need to revisit the format after last night's debate. So we've got uh, Jen Kearns, who's going to be here with us at the bottom half of the hour. Comey was before Congress today. Yeah, um, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it because, quite frankly, I'm not interested in any more theater put on by Lindsey Graham. Comey needs to be before a jury. And joining me to discuss that is a former U.S. attorney, John O'Connor, is going to be here uh, to discuss. Uh, He's actually author of the book, Postgate, How the Washington Post Betrayed Deep Throat, Covered Up Watergate, and Began Today's Partisan Advocacy Journalism. And he's going to be here to talk about Comey and the breaking news uh, before Comey was brought in. Actually, I think it prompted Comey to be brought in uh, before the Senate Judiciary Committee. And he's going to be here. And uh, But we'll make time to have you to be a part of the show as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. We are streaming live on Facebook right now on The Answer San Diego. And we'll make sure to share it over to our special little friend group in Facebook called Kaniacs, K-A-Y-E-N-I-A-C-S. I I spent a lot of time on Twitter last night and then backed off today because it makes me insane over there. But I'm on Twitter at Andrea K Show. Um, I'm not going to put out a question of the day. Um, uh, You know, if you want to chime in on who you think won, uh, you can feel free to do so. Um, I know my partner here has some comments that he wants to make on the debate uh, last night. Um, It's my buddy DJ... Potato skins. DJ DJ Potato Skins. We're putting the interests of America first. They're part of a long American tradition of proving democracy's critics wrong, of showing that we have the courage to stand up for what is right and what is necessary. And uh, let's give a round of applause to the winner of last night's debate, Chris Wallace. Man, job well done. You know, all I have to say, Andrea, is... Trump, I think, still came out ahead, even if only slightly, and it didn't move the polls, whatever, barely. But he had to be on the defensive the entire time because he was debating 
two people, and I think he did an okay job, cons- all those things considered. Yeah, I think that he, I think he misread, uh, uh, Not no, that's not true. He didn't misread. I don't think really anybody, I knew that Chris Wallace was going to be the libtard hack that he is, there I said it, but I don't think anybody expected it to be as bad as it, it was, was including President Trump. It was, as Todd Starn said, it was a media hit job. Nobody has ever seen anything like it, to the point to where, quite frankly, President Trump should have, and we're going to talk more about the post-debate analysis with Jen Kearns coming up a little bit later, but I believe that President Trump should have stopped right there when Chris Wallace put forth a question to Joe Biden that started based predicated on the lie that President Trump called white supremacists good people in Charlottesville. I, I truly believe he should have walked off the stage at that point, if not said, hold up right there. Agreed. I am not going to sit here and have you pretend to be a moderator and have you pretend to call yourself a journalist when you are putting forth that lie. This was this was the entire three years of defamation and smears and attempts to undermine a free and fairly elected president of the United States, including in, in encouraging and enabling through the, all that nonsense that had to do with with transfer of power and voter. You know, that that whole segment was about setting the stage for President Trump to once again either be flat out, have the election stolen from him or set the stage again to to have him completely undermined. It was it was a, it was a dis. I don't even have enough words to describe the the abuse of the American psyche and the American voter that was that sham of a debate last night. But let me tell y'all, we would not have had that last night, but for the Republican Party. And let me tell you why: because after Candy Crowley. First of all, even going back before 2012 and Candy Crowley, in which she whips out a transcript pre-planned to aid and abet Obama in the lie that he said that the Benghazi attack was a terrorist attack in the Rose Garden the next day, of which he didn't. He did not call it a terrorist attack. In fact, 13 days later, he went to the U.N. and blamed it on a video, even after everybody knew at that point that it was a planned terrorist attack. Even before Candy Crowley did that, in 2008, John McCain would not allow Sarah Palin. Nobody was allowed to question Barack Obama about anything about him, his philosophy, his background, his childhood, his mentors, nothing. The Republican Party has allowed the left to control the narrative and push forth the lies that the Republican Party are the racists when it's the Democrats, the party of the KKK, that it's the Republican Party that hates women, that it's the Republican Party that if you want to seal the borders and enforce immigration laws, you're xenophobic and you're racist. The Republican Party has sat back and let this happen. And after Candy Crowley did what she did, I had Ron Nearing, the head of the Republican Party, on my show. And he said he refused to admit we had a problem with the media. I said then we must stop as a Republican Party allowing any moderators at debates. We are here because of the Republican Party. I said then no Republican should go on CNN. They should protest that network and certainly not go on State of the Union with Candy Crowley after what she did. What did they do? They were right there in the seats on Sunday. They allowed that to happen to Mitt Romney, which which stole all the and Romney Romney didn't do a good job. He should have punched back against her like Trump should against Chris Wallace last night. He allowed him. He was so he was so caught off guard. He shrank from it instead of punching back because why? Because he's a Republican and that's what we do. What happened today? We had Tim Scott and we had Lindsey Graham. Did they come out against Biden last night or Chris Wallace? I didn't hear any of it. No, they didn't come out against Chris Wallace and pushing forth that lie that Trump said that there was good people in the white supremacy movement. Did they come out against Joe Biden today and say, Joe Biden, why did you why did you refuse to call Antifa an organization? Hey, hey, Joe Biden, why did you refuse to call Black Lives Matter a Marxist movement? 
Why did you refuse to acknowledge that it's not white supremacists, that it was not white supremacists who killed David Dorn? It wasn't white supremacists, the Proud Boys, who shot up and ambushed two cops. The two sheriffs, the woman who was shot in her jaw. That wasn't Proud Boys. Did Tim Scott and Lindsey Graham come out against Biden for that today? No. What did they do? They came out against President Trump. Mark my words. I was right about President Trump when he came down the escalators in 2015. You can remember when I was doing the do sewing show, I was the only person who picked him in 2015. I took a lot of heat for these shutdowns. I said, we shouldn't shut it down. I called um, bogus on the model numbers early on. I had oh, a whole lot of conservatives coming at me over this coronavirus. I've been right about, about Bill Barr. I don't pre- I, I t- I'm telling you right now. Lindsey Graham is, is going to allow the Democrats to seize control and there will not be a vote for Amy Coney Barrett before the election. He's going to promise that it will happen between the election and the inauguration and it won't. This may be the first time this may be the first time that Ron, but I'm telling you right now, that was a signal. That was a signal. He is he is fighting for his life for reelection and he's going to try to play both sides of the fence. He brought Comey in today and the five minutes I saw of that with Comey was absolutely abysmal. There was not one. They allowed Comey to, and, and I've got uh, John O'Connor is going to be here. We'll talk more about Comey in a minute, but I'm telling you, we have one man who was standing between us and communism in this country, and he was defamed and smeared and disrespected. When Biden told him to shut up, I couldn't stand another second. Well, and, and you know, and, and I tell you who I'm even angrier at today is I, uh, the, the voters who, I, I don't know, uh, um, oh, how did we end up with such an American population that is so driven by emotions, wholly, wholly driven by emotions? Would the left has successfully, with the Republican Party help, transition our culture into a bunch of six-year-olds that can't make any decision based on fact? They don't do any research on their own. No, they hear they hear some story that Trump called military losers and suckers. There's no backup for it yet. And they believe it. Yet there's videos of Joe Biden going around literally calling the military stupid bees. And yet somehow and, and, and Trump, you know, we've got voters out there today that it doesn't matter the proof and the evidence of Biden's corruption for 47 years and how he spent eight years under the Obama administration doing nothing but flying around on Air Force Two to line the pockets of his family. And he can call Trump a clown to his face and tell him to shut up and interrupt him all day long, but yet Trump's the one who's not presidential. And let me tell you something. I actually don't care if either man says crappy stuff like that. I care about policy. I care about the fact that the Democrat Party aims to usher in communism And not socialism. The Republican Party needs to stop using the S word. We're talking full on communism. We're talking about every aspect of control that's going on with these Democrat governors that have are are destroying us economically will only get worse under a Joe Biden. So I don't care whose personality is what I care about policy. I care about the future of this country. Let me end before I wrap up. Here's a little good news note. So after. The whole setup and the whole t- the whole purpose of, of bringing up race was to further the lie that has been said about President Trump for three years that he's a white supremacist and a Nazi. Immediately after the debate, Joe Biden ran an ad with Kyle Rittenhouse in the ad with his image. And you guys remember 
who uh, Kyle Rittenhouse was the young man who was a trained ENT. He was there with his guns um, to protect property. He is chased down in the video and he shoots in self-defense. He hired Lynn Wood uh, to represent him. Joe Biden ran an ad with his with his image last night, uh, calling him a white supremacist. And um, um, uh, among other things, and uh, Lynn Wood's response is he tweeted out a formal demand for public retraction is being prepared for Biden Harris campaign on behalf of Kyle Rittenhouse. I hereby demand that Joe Biden immediately retract his false accusation that Kyle is a white supremacist. He says uh, he went on to tweet Joe Biden. Joe Biden's medications have worn off. Once again, he confuses cities. Kyle went to Kenosha, Wisconsin, to render medical aid as a trained ENT, not Portland. More falsity from Joe. He can't help himself. Uh, Somebody said to to Lynn Wood, well, this looks actionable. Lynn Wood said, yes, it is. And the only thing that saves Chris Wallace is that he didn't use Kyle's name or likelihood. He said, and here's the best part. On behalf of Kyle Rittenhouse, I I shall sue Joe Biden and Biden-Harris campaign for libel. I am partisan in 2020 supporting real Donald Trump. I am am a nonpartisan trial lawyer who aggressively pursues truth to achieve justice. Put in your your hearing aid, Joe. You will hear footsteps. When I take Joe Biden's deposition on cross-examination, no wire or computer contact lenses will save him. I will rip Joe into shreds. Ask witnesses who have ever had the misfortune of sitting across the table from me under oath. You don't mess with my children, my pup, or my clients. I enjoy conversations on Twitter, he goes on to say. Uh, But for 43 years, I've loved the law and being a trial lawyer. And in that role, I'm getting ready to teach Joe Biden a lesson he will never forget. Wow, bravo. This is how you fight back. Yep, exactly. Not not the crap that we heard today from shameful Tim Scott and Lindsey Graham. I hope you both lose your reelections when you're up for it. Lindsey Graham now and then Tim Scott. And only it, and, and, and only then, I hope, that we could finally get some legislation passed so that you leeches who have leached off the taxpayers couldn't then write off with your retirements intact after your betrayal of the American voter. I'm going to take a break. I'm well past the point of a break. Oh, apologies to John O'Connor, who's going to be here to talk about Jim Comey on the other side of the break. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. A-K, dynamite and address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have you guys here with me. We're gonna you're gonna have we're gonna have to talk a little bit later. Uh, my friend uh, DJ Potato Skins, because you cheered me up earlier uh, via email today, and I know you got a message out there to the voters. Oh, I have a strong message, and I think a lot of people need to hear it. Yeah. So, and we also want to hear from you guys. Eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. What was heard by Comey today? Comey, the nauseous clown. Did he? Did he have to have a barf bag with him today because he felt like he was going to throw up? He was all nauseous at the at the hearing the word Trump. What happened today? Did Lindsey Graham actually ask him a tough question, or did he give him a pass? I heard about two minutes of this today. Grassley, who in my opinion was just a series of questions with no pushback whatsoever. You know, I, I could I could argue a point better when I was six years old than what I saw today. 
But maybe I'm just too emotionally attached to this. Maybe I'm somebody that, just, that actually believed that somebody would be held accountable for the crimes that were committed. I watched my president being defamed last night, have to stand and share a stage with a key player in the, in the, the persecution and destruction of a general in the course of attempt to launch a coup attempt and undermine my president. And he's up there in, in the running to be president. I could be interpreting all of this wrong. So that's why I'm excited to have with me tonight former federal prosecutor John O'Connor. He's author of the book Postgate, How the Washington Post Betrayed Deep Throat, Covered Up Watergate, and began today's partisan advocacy journalism. And boy, we saw that on display last night at the debate. Hello, Mr. O'Connor. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Hey, Andrea. How you doing? You're right on uh, the mark here. Well, thank you. Um... I am somebody that believes in right and wrong. I am somebody that has a heart for justice and law and order. And I said, for example, when Hillary Clinton was busted violating the Espionage Act and destroyed 33,000 emails, the defense was, well, Colin Powell did it. And I said, well, then lock him up, too. I don't care if somebody breaks the law. I want them to go to jail. I actually believe I I agree with Hillary Clinton, Mr. O'Connor. Nobody should be no business too big to fail and no person too big to jail. And to see the smugness on the part of Comey today, new revelations have come out. That the FBI, the Obama administration, Russia, they all knew Hillary was cooking it up uh, d- d- to stir up a scandal against Trump. I mean, my listeners know the story. It, do you what do you think that? We, and, and I have was on the record immediately that I didn't think anybody would ever be held accountable. I don't trust Barr or Durham. Please tell me I'm wrong. Well, I think you're wrong. I think it okay. takes time. because <laughs> You've got a lot of snakes. You've got a lot of snakes. Number one, you've got people like Comey who says, gee, Mrs. Cleaver, I can't remember anything. Remember, this is just like a mafia group we're, we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Comey's at the top saying, I don't remember anything. Obama, of course, is one notch above all the dirty work that's going on below him. And then you have a bunch of guys wiping their phones. But, Andrea, for your audience, let me give you a few things. I'm a prosecutor. I look at circumstantial evidence. Mm-hmm. Before, before this Russian disinformation thing hits the FBI, it's like... This is not new news. I'll tell you what happens. Let me give you the, the details. You talked about destroying the server. Okay. Hillary destroys the server, and, of course, Comey's trying to figure out how to get her out of that. Obama knows that if those emails, which the Russians probably have, ever pop up, he's complicit with knowing he's sending to a private server, and he's probably complicit on the Uranium One deal, too. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so they get rid of that. Now it comes up that they, they're so afraid of this email thing from the Russians, they're trying to gird themselves against it. So what do they do? Let's go to late April. Late April, a woman named Mary Jacoby goes into the White House. Why does she visit the White House? The name doesn't mean anything. Well, she's married to Glenn Simpson, Fusion <gasps> GPS. Mm-hmm. She's going there to get permission because, remember, it's Obama who has to okay the money for the Steele dossier. Clinton's going to use it. It's her investigation, but he has to okay it because she's still head of the DNC. So she has to go into the White House. Now, she may not talk to Obama, but she's going to talk to Stephanie Salter or somebody like that who's going to talk to Obama. Mm-hmm. She gets permission. But they know it's Christopher Steele's going to be doing this because they're giving $10 million bucks for it, okay? That's number one. Now, number two, Steele is not a new guy. He's been carrying the uh, water for Oleg Deripaska, the um, – the oligarch, the aluminum oligarch, for years, and he has been writing hundreds and hundreds of Ukraine and Russian uh, PAP, 
to try to help Putin and his oligarchs. So this is a pro-oligarch guy. So they know a pro-oligarch guy using pro-oligarch stuff is going to go out and smear Trump. So they know that before this Russian disinflation thing comes up. That's late April. Late April, uh, George Papadopoulos gets visited by his Russian, suppose his Maltese professor, who says, oh, by the way, George, I just want to tell you, I was in Russia, and they have emails of Hillary. I just mm-hmm. wanted to let you know they have emails. What are they doing? They're setting this up yeah. so that when the emails come out, they're going to say, oh, this is all Russian plot to get Hillary. That's how the whole thing starts. So now, does, so Comey knows about this. Comey's one of the guys that sends uh, the professor in there. He is he and Brennan do because he is a Western intelligence guy. He's not coming from Christopher Steele. He's, so we have intelligence. We have the White House. We have Clinton's campaign all ganging up to get mm-hmm. Trump for fear that these emails are coming out. So by the time Russia, the Russian disinformation story comes to uh, Comey and then the White House, yes, they don't like it because it's there. I mean, Comey wished it would never well, – he would, he would try to avoid even thinking about it because he knows it's true already. Yeah. Obama suspects it anyway. So all this is, is a very inconvenient thing. But, of course, they're not going to tell. But one more thing. What's good about it is, though, it's a bullet, and they uh, declassified it so they can use it in the prosecution of one of the guys that they're going to get. That's the good news for you, Andrew, because all of us are frustrated about this thing not happening. Ray has been slow walking this. Brennan's been slow walking it. They've all been slow walking it to try to save themselves in the swamp. But let me tell you something. He's going to have some indictments here soon. I hope real soon. And this is the reason they declassified, I think, is for this very reason, because it's one of the things among many that they knew that they did not tell the FISA court about. This whole thing was dirty. And by the way, late April, what happens? A guy named Sergi Million, who's the guy who knows both sides. He lives on Astoria Avenue in the Queens. He's a Russian guy. But he happens to know Trump and Putin so well that he tells Steele that he's source D and source E, and he knows about this worldwide conspiracy from Astoria Avenue in the Queens. Now, guess what he does in late April? They send them over to Russia to be on Russian TV, which, of course, the uh, Kremlin has to approve, to basically say how much he knows Trump. Then he comes back and he interviews with Dennis Ross on ABC News to tell Dennis Ross how much he knows Trump and the Kremlin and mm-hmm. there's something going on. Yeah. So this whole thing has been orchestrated from the get-go. They all knew it. They're all in on it. The only question is, who can say, just like the mafia, and think about Edward G. Robinson or uh, Jimmy Cagney, they got nothing on us. It's only circumstantial. We wiped our phones. We don't remember nothing. You guys got nothing on us. Well, let me tell you something. They're going to have a few guys and a few fall guys. Comey's too high up. He's going to say he doesn't remember anything. He's going to claim that he thought the Maltese professor was really a Russian spy. He said that in one of the uh, uh, op-eds in mm-hmm. 2019 so that he can say, oh, was I mistaken? Oh, yeah. my gosh, I thought he was really a Russian spy. So Comey has his defense. Brennan didn't have anything to do with the FISA application, so he's off. So the poor guys in between, there's a guy out here in San Francisco named Joe Pienka, who was the supervising special agent. He's probably going to get it. They try to act like he doesn't exist anymore, but the poor guy's going to get it. He's actually a decent guy, but he didn't tell the truth. There's a case agent. I don't know what his name is. He's called Case Agent 1. He might get it, too. He didn't tell the FISA court. 
Maybe Peter Stroke. Well, maybe yeah, well, Andrew McCain. Yeah, I got to interrupt you there because I'm sitting here thinking, well, why wouldn't Brendan face? You know, and I'm I'm not an attorney. Um, you know, clearly, obviously not. Um, but you know, I, I, I read enough cases to where, and I understand enough about the government that, you know, my mother used to work for a U.S. attorney in New Orleans, John Bolts. And, uh, you know, they, they don't always wait until they, they get, they're able to get everybody on every little violation. No, if they get the goods that somebody's broken the law, then they indict them for that. Brennan lied to Congress. Jim Comey leaked classified information. Charges were already recommended for Andrew McCabe. The, um, to me, I don't understand why they have to delve through and find every email out there. If they know that a crime has been committed, just file the dang charges and hold somebody accountable. And this nonsense that they can't do anything within certain days of an election so as to not interfere with an election is in and of itself election interference. Because you've got a man who sat in the White House on January 5th after the FBI already said that Michael Flynn did nothing wrong and the case file uh, razor should be dropped comes up with an idea to go after him for the Logan Act. And he has no business running for the vice presidency even if you can't get joe biden for a crime he has no business and he should be shunned he should be on an iceberg somewhere uh you know trying to trying to figure out where he is heads need to roll and i don't understand why jim comey is not indicted well now the leak you may be right he did leak he clearly leaked classified information one of those four memos he went to the law professors clearly classified so i hope they get him on that and i hope they they're not too afraid of it being looking like a ticky tack foul because the fact is he did leak a classified memo. He knew he knows that one of the four had to be. There were seven memos and four of them were classified. So we don't know which four went to the professor, but at least one of them had to be classified. Uh, you're right. Brennan did lie. Uh, so that's if they get him, they can get him on that. Uh, but I'm talking about the FISA deal. And I was, that's what I was concentrating. I hope right, they get right. him on what you say. But the FISA thing, Brennan is out of the process because it's not supposed to be part of the CIA's role. And Comey's going to claim he's just too high up. He's way up there on the seventh floor. So he can probably get out of a prosecution for the fight. I'm talking about the FISA, Andrea. So now you may be right. Now, as to the election, I don't care if they get, but I don't. And we've only got a minute left. I don't care if they bust that fool for jaywalking. I am. We must have accountability because we can't we are already, you know, we you know, uh, Obama should have been had his last picture in a military uniform holding a banana with what went on in the Obama administration. And it continues to this day. We I have no faith whatsoever in, in the United States government right now and involved in the FBI and the DOJ. And I and I come from a long line of people who worked at, at those different agencies because and, and you local field agents, if you don't like what I got to say, then you could be rising up against your leadership and doing something to stop this because we we are not the united states of america when we allowed the jim comeys and the john brennans and the barack obamas to be able to weaponize the united states government to go and destroy a general and to unseat a free and fairly elected president of the united states final thoughts john o'connor well i think you're right this is terrible as to the election I think uh, Barr has the ability because none of these guys are running for office. So I don't think the rule against this pre-election stuff should apply when you're talking about intelligence agents or or government officials. It it has to do with people like Biden and so forth. You shouldn't indict right before an election. But I think they ought to be able to indict him. And it's unclear whether Barr's going to do it. I think he thinks he can do it. So that's the good news. I do think he thinks he's able to do it. Well, and we may see something in the next couple of weeks, Andy. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to 
be optimistic. Well, about I appreciate this. that. I appreciate that very much. I do, and you know, and and I and I sincerely hope that I'm wrong. But when Barr, you know, indicated that he was given a pass on Comey and Andrew McCabe still hasn't been charged, you know, that just is beyond a head scratcher to me. And the American people deserve accountability. And let me tell you, they already have plans to go and 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 prosecute President Trump, a former president of the United States. So there's no excuse for why a former FBI director or some, you know, CIA director can't be indicted. You know, either either the law applies equally to all of us or none of us. So anyway. well, Andrew, one final thought. Yes. You got two million you get two million ballots in California that are going to be sent out to people that don't live there anymore. There's not a chance there's going to be fraud, is there? <laughs> the, the left is doing there. We're fighting a war for the integrity of our country, from our elections to our Justice Department, to our policy and and every aspect of America as we know it. Uh, we're fighting a war on many, many fronts. And I thank you for your efforts in that. And uh, John O'Connor's book is Postgate, How the Washington Post Betrayed Deep Throat, Covered Up Watergate and began today's partisan advocacy journalism. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed having you on. We'll have to have you back. Andrew, let's do it again. It was a blast. Yes, thank you. All right, now, uh, my girl Jen is is waiting patiently. She's going to be here to give us her really unique expertise, post-debate analysis. When we come back, Jen Kearns. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. We're in the process of uh, trying to connect with our gal Jen Kearns. In the meantime, while we're waiting for her to give us a buzz, um... Let's pick up about the the debate. Um, one of the things that uh, Potato Skins and I were talking about is that in the post debate denal- analysis today, everybody's trying to figure out who won. And but you know, most of media has shifted to try to talk about the independent voter. Oh, and then you've got these different outlets bringing on the quote independents and asking them whether or not they were swayed either way uh, to Trump. And when you ask who they voted for in 2016, it was all, none of them voted for Trump. Those aren't independent voters that were legitimately looking to be swayed by President Trump that they're interviewing in this case. These are never Trumpers. They're never going to vote for Trump. And it's all about continuing to push the narrative, to suppress enthusiasm for, for President Trump while pushing out false narratives. And I'm glad we've connected uh, with All-American Jen Jennifer Kearns, who joins me now. Girl, I've been waiting desperately to get your analysis on last night as the only person I know who actually wrote debate questions for presidential debates. Lay it out for me, girl. What do you think? Look, I think last night was a total victory for President Trump. And you know, I do not carry the water for anybody. I'm not paid by the Trump campaign. I've been offered before. I I do not take a paycheck. I will say, I think it was Donald Trump's strategy to go in there last night and be tough and try to get Joe Biden off kilter. That was his number one goal. And the other goal I think President Trump had was not to let Joe Biden get a word in edgewise. Because what we know, Andrea, about the Democratic Party this year and the far left, which owns the Democratic Party, is that they are a bunch of liars. And I think President Trump knows that. We know that now. We, we saw Nancy Pelosi promoting lockdowns all across the country, but then she goes and gets her own hair done at a salon that's supposed to be locked down. 
we have Bill de Blasio, Andrew Cuomo, telling us not to worry about the coronavirus and then subsequently turning around and lying to us about it and telling us we have to lock in. And the list really is, is just too long to go into. But we know that Joe Biden last night, if he had been given the opportunity, would have probably said, no, I don't want to defund the police. I love the police. I had the police over at my house once with corn pop. And I think, <laughs> Joe, I think that Trump, President Trump, and his infinite media wisdom, and this is why he won in 2016. I think this is why he won the debate last night. And I think that's why he'll win the election. He knew last night he would rather have the story the day after the debate, the post-debate wrap-up, the reaction. He would rather people say, he's so rude. He's so brash. He couldn't let him finish a sentence. That's fine to Donald Trump. They've been saying that about him since 2015. They've been saying that for five years. Mm -hmm. He would rather have them say that his personality is bad, that he's too brash, rather than have the media not doing their job today, fact-checking every single thing Joe Biden said last night. And you and I both know they wouldn't have. Right. And, um, you know, I was flashing back to 2016 and one of the reasons why he wasn't just elected in spite of him being brash and saying rude things. He was elected in part because of it, because the Republican voters were so sick and tired of all these slick politicians speaking so eloquently on the campaign trail, promising the world and delivering New Jersey, as well as sitting back and not punching back against the media. After what Candy Crowley did in 2012, the Republican voters were sick sick of it. We were sick of seeing these moderators at these debates try to control the narrative and go after uh, questions that that I know that you wrote in 2016 were actually good for Trump to face tough questions. It gave him an opportunity to actually respond to that and actually own it. And he had some of his best moments were in response to some really tough questions that I know that you wrote. But that's not what happened last night. What happened last night was Candy Crowley on steroids with Chris Wallace with a mission who literally asked a question of Joe Biden that was predicated on a lie that President Trump had called uh, the white supremacist in Charlottesville good people. That is an abomination. The commission today on debates is saying, well, we got to rethink the format. Um, And they actually said, and I think I quote here. Uh, I don't know that I want to quote. Yeah, go ahead. That they were grateful to Wallace for his professionalism and the skill that he brought. And the problem was just that there weren't enough controls on that Donald Trump who was jumping in. Um, that's not how America saw it. Even Democrats that, I, that I, I saw on Twitter last night were astounded by his unprofessionalism and his propagating of lies and his propping up of Joe Biden. Your thoughts? Well, I have worked with Chris Wallace on a presidential debate. Um, My personal opinion of him is that he is an arrogant, sexist pig. And I've never said that publicly, Uh, but I can after last night. Um, uh, Look, uh, here's a guy who was, quote unquote, moderating the debate. But let's be honest, the real moderator of that debate last night was Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also counted some other accomplishments of Trump's in just the first three minutes of the debate, Andrea, Donald Trump brought up seven or eight substantive, serious policy points, uh, including China, including Hunter Biden, including uh, wars from afar, including his record on the economy with the Obama administration. Trump was there to do one thing and one thing only last night, and that was to unload his entire opposition research binder on Joe Biden. It was like bullets out of a machine gun, proverbially speaking, of course. Um, Look, there was one moderator last night that was President Trump. He was in control. He was in command. If he came off a little rude, hey, I find it highly ironic that the left today is saying, be civil. 
This mm-hmm. is a group of people who have been attacking Republicans in the street, attacking even independents and reasonable minded Democrats in the city streets of this country, not letting them finish dinner, breaking their glasses, upending their tables, burning their businesses and rioting in the streets. And we are supposed to be civil. I don't think so. I think what you saw with President Trump coming out of the gate last night, he's had it as have most American voters, especially on the law and order issue. I think President Trump's harsh reaction was a hundred plus days of pent up reaction of Biden's surrogates. Let's not forget that BLM is a Biden surrogate in the same way that Katrina Pearson and other people were for Trump in 2016. BLM is a Biden surrogate. Antifa is a Biden surrogate. And last night was President Trump's first time to actually confront Joe Biden with that. And I think you saw the angst in him that the rest of America feels. Yeah, I think I, I, I do. I, I, I did think we saw that. I think that to be completely straight up, I think he could have been more articulate in addressing the Proud Boys and the BLM thing. I think he, uh, Chris Wallace, was coming at him with the same old, you didn't denounce, which he did. I mean, how many times do I have to denounce? And then they try to back him into to a corner. And then, of course, uh, you know, I wish that President Trump had, had, had talked more forcefully about that it wasn't Proud Boys who uh, it was a Black Lives Matter leader just a few days ago, a woman who mowed over people in her car in the caravan for justice. And it was not the Proud Boys who ambushed two sheriff's deputies in L.A. and shot a woman in a jaw. It wasn't Proud Boys who killed David Dorn. It's not Proud Boys who's been burning down buildings. It's Black Lives Matter who actually is a fundraising arm for uh, Joe Biden. I think he was so flustered and so, and you're right, had so much pent up that I don't think he was quite as clear-headed as he was in, 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 in as articulate as he could be in his answers. However, the Republican Party could be backing him today instead to Tim Scott and Lindsey Graham going after Trump today instead of going after Biden. And I agree with Michelle Malkin, who says that they are controlled opposition and not to be trusted. And quite frankly, the sooner they're gone out of out of uh, Senate uh, on the Republican Party, the better for me. Yeah, you know, it's interesting whenever a Democrat doesn't uh, say something just right, you never see the Democrats jump on one another. Do you No. you didn't see AOC today jump on Joe Biden for completely abandoning the Green New Deal, by the way, you didn't right. see her jumping on him. She could have, but yeah, the yeah. Democrats always band together. They always band together because that is what socialism is. And, and it's okay. It's okay that Tim Scott and Lindsey Graham are coming out. That shows people that we are the party of free thought and free speech. And that's what we want our country to be reflective of. I'm not a big fan of it either, but I, I feel okay about that. And again, I just go back to Donald Trump is a master at media. I guarantee you, even though he could have gotten a few more points in, he he didn't want Joe Biden to get his points in. And uh, there were times, Andrea, when I thought, well, maybe you should let Joe Biden kind of hang himself here. He's sort of looking flustered. Even that, I would take the criticism of Donald Trump today, the post-debate reaction. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was too mean. I'll take that any day. Right. You know right. what? They've been saying that since the Women's March mm-hmm. on January 17th, uh, 2017, and they'll keep saying it next year, even after he's elected. So that doesn't bother me too much. I am glad that Joe Biden really couldn't get a word in edgewise because it would have been fluff and promises and lip service that the media would have never fact checked. And, and, and that is what would have gotten to the 6% of swing voters, last minute voters, Women suburban voters, those words that Joe Biden would have been able to say, those would have sunk into people's brains a little bit. Um, so I'm, I'm glad he didn't get to say that. By the way, Andrea, the 6% of undecided voters, 
were always the pain in my side when I was a political <laughs> consultant for 15 years. I would sit through hours and hours of focus groups. I've sat through probably 100 or so hours of focus groups trying to figure out what makes these people happy. And the answer is these people couldn't decide their drink at Starbucks if it hit them <laughs> in the head. So that's what you're dealing with. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I do an education segment every Friday and that's why, you know, and, and you know, because the left can taking over education, cent- uh, you know, and turning them into indoctrination centers. And then now indoctrinating in our military and what Trump, I thought his answer on the critical race theory was brilliant last night. Um, you know, yeah, the indo- well, and the indoctrination of America is why, you, you know, you've got all these undecideds. If you're undecided right now, you're either completely have not been paying attention or you have just been, you know, just uh, victimized by the indoctrination centers formerly called as schools. His answer to the critical race theory uh, was brilliant. He said, I, I can't I ended it because it's racist. It's insane. And the people that were a part of it, of course, Chris Wallace had to begin interrupting them at, at the point he got interrupted at the point. We said and the people that were that were being forced to participate in it were forced to do things that they didn't want to do. And that's why. And that was at that point. Wallace jumped in. Well, what do you have against sensitivity training? Having to re, you know, re, uh, you know, shift the narrative. Um, but I want to piggyback before I let you go on something you said about interrupting him and not allowing Biden to spend time on things that might get ingrained into the psyche of Americans. And a friend of mine, Scott McKay, who writes the Hayride out of Baton Rouge, said the point he thought the pivotal point in the debate for Trump was when Joe Biden proceeded to go start going on and on about his son, Bo. The one who died from cancer and what a war hero he was and and that Trump jumped in and hijacked that moment and made it be about Hunter. And it was a masterful way because shame on Joe Biden for trying to cover up his corruption with with his crackhead son by using the corpse of his other son. And and um, and it could have been a really good moment for Biden and no other Republican in their, our history, I think, would have jumped in in that moment and said, you know, interrupted him as he as he waxed so, you know, lovingly about one son and said, Bo, well, let's talk about Hunter and the three and a half million dollars he got. Wrap us up real quick. You're absolutely right. Prior Republicans would not have had the guts to do it. Mitt Romney would have even sat down if there had been a stool there. He would have been <laughs> shaking his head pensively. I mean, you're absolutely right. Donald Trump may, may be no rocket science and he may be no surgeon, but he has given America an intestinal implant. He's given us guts. And that's what you employ every day on the show. And that's what he did last night. Oh, thank you so much. And you do, too. You guys need to follow Jen at All American Jen and listen to her radio show, All American Radio. Thank you for being here. I'm past the point of a break. Gotta go. But y'all don't go anywhere. Come on back. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Um, we want to. I want to end the show tonight with uh, some good cheer from my man DJ Potato Skins. Yeah, real quickly, uh, people, if you're discouraged, hey man, Trump didn't do too well in the debate last night, but you just heard he did. He's down in the polls. Don't worry about it. At this time, 2016, everybody thought that Hillary Clinton, besides Donald Trump, was going to win. We were all discouraged. Who came out on top? Don't worry about it. Fight the fight. Yep. The polls had Trump at 92% of uh, 92% for Hillary at this point.